Are you ready? Are you ready? Are we gonna get in trouble for that? Well, this isn't even a WWE show, really. Right. This episode will be focused mainly on AEW and Full Gear. We literally just got done watching it 20 minutes ago. And we'll go over a little bit what happened on Dynamite this past week, because it all correlates with Full Gear anyway. So, we open with the tag team match between the Young Bucks and Santina and... Santina. <laughs> and Santana San- and... Or- Santino Morella. Yeah. And Santana and Ortiz. Okay, my prediction for this match was that the Young Bucks win. Just because I think they need the win more since they already lost the private party and the Lucha Bros at All Out. So I felt like they needed to win more than Santana and Ortiz did right now anyways. But how did you like this match? I felt like it was good with a lot of good spots. and Yeah, it was uh, really good. Um, so they did this thing where they kind of worked backwards a little bit where the heel team couldn't get the tag which was unique and it didn't matter so much to the match but it was just kind of i don't know after watching wrestling for a really long time you get used to the same structure and format of matches so so to see something different was kind of like oh it's neat um a lot of athletes in that ring uh a lot of fun selling and 70 year old men jumping around like a bunch of lunatics so it had pretty much everything i need in a match what who did you think was gonna win this match uh i was different from you i was pretty sure that it was going to be uh ortiz and santana only because i honestly think that in the future they're going with like their own little war games thing where they're doing the inner circle versus the elite And I kind of thought that was playing into it. But I I get what you're saying. But I also think that the the Bucks losing and not having such a fast start is kind of a story within itself. Where if you're new to AEW, you're like, I was promised that this was one of the best tag teams in the world. And Mm -hmm. they've won one time. Right. And like. So, if you've never even watched the Young Bucks before... Well, you're still entertained by what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But when... But how are you convinced that they are the best if they've, you know, kept... If they keep losing, and you're new to AEW and you've never heard of them, but the commentating is telling your audience, hey, this is the best tag team in the world, even though they've lost almost every match. I think that's just a subtle secondary story that they're telling while they're doing this one it could be but okay so you were right santana and ortiz ended up winning the match and there was a cool spot when nick spit his gum at santana and then you called this jared jared predicted this he was like he's gonna pick it up and start chewing it there was just something in his eyes like what gave you that hunch i don't know man he just glistened a little bit was like i'm gonna chew that shit so that was kind of badass yeah and another thing i want to bring up just before we get away from this match they did a show on YouTube, the countdown. I think it was AEW Full Gear Countdown. Uh-huh. 
And the first promo that they did was for this tag team match. And Santana and Ortiz both cut really good, independent um, promos that showed their totally different styles, but at the same time showed you where they come from. Mm-hmm. So one of the things was they're walking in the subway screaming how they're different and they're 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 proud to be different and that everybody should be proud to be different. And you can tell that when they filmed this, they just pushed play and started doing it because everybody else in the subway is just looking at the camera like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. So it was really cool to see that. Oh, yeah. It wasn't overly produced. No, not at all. Yeah. It looked like it might have taken, like that first take was it. Yeah. And it was like, all right, perfect. We got the reaction we wanted. After the match, we see Sammy Guevara come down to the ramp to hug his boys and he hands them a sock full of baseballs to continue to attack the Young Bucks. But then the Rock and Roll Express come in the ring and start beating up Santana. And Ricky Morton does a Canadian Destroyer and a freaking dive outside the ring. I loved every second of the aftermath of the match. Throw it up, babies. That was cool. Yeah, it really was neat. And it was really cool to see Twitter blow up like, like right after how it How old is he? I th- I'm, I'm not sure. I think when I looked on Twitter last, it was 119. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really not sure, but Probably he's, in his 60s. he's over 65. He should be collecting checks from the government right now yeah. and not hitting leapfrog Canadian destroyers. But if I could do it at his age, that mullet. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. He's like the male Snow White. <laughs> Come get you son, baby. All right, next we see Adam Page versus Pac. And to me, they've been building a really good feud on Dynamite. So this was one of the matches I was most excited for. Both guys are really impressive to me. And if I had to say, like, choose one male who has the best physique, not only in AEW, but the whole business, honestly, I feel like he has the best physique. Yeah, the dude, and like, we were talking about this while the match was going on. We know that he is shorter yeah. than most. But on TV, he looks like a million bucks. Right. He's got the opposite thing of Randy Orton going on. <laughs> Where like when you see Randy Orton in person and you mm-hmm. see that he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you're like, holy Jesus, this is a big dude. But on TV, when he's right, you know, you don't really get that. Wait, too much. he's six five. Yeah, no. he's up. I'm googling that. All right, guys, we'll be back in seven Me? minutes <laughs> while Ashley googles Randy Orton's Randy Orton height. height. Six five. Oh, oh. my gosh! Ashley, I've masturbated to him. <laughs> for- <laughs> Can you say that? I don't know. Um. So don't yeah. put that one on YouTube. And I heard you. No, it was Jake. Our cousin Jake mm-hmm. was talking, and he said, Kenny Omega's the man. You got to push him as a star. And then I've heard people say, like, I get why Jericho is so over right now. You know, I get that. I've heard people say Cody with this story. For me, Pac is the dude. The dude? He's the dude. Nobody works like him. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He's convinced me. And you can do anything with him. If you wanted to turn him face right now, you could. 
So did you go into this match thinking, who did you think would win this match? I thought Pac would just because and I think the world of Adam Page, I really do. I think he's just my moon and stars, really. See, I thought Hangman would win this match. But let's get into it. They start off outside the ring with Hangman aggressively slamming Pac into the barricades. Really, you know, intensely. Not holding back. The crowd is chanting, Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. There was one move where Pac did a brain buster to Adam Page on a chair outside the ring. And it looked nasty. Yeah, there was a huge whelp on Page's back for the rest of the match. And the first match in this match showed you that um, they work hard during these pay-per-views. This was worth watching if you get the opportunity to. Oh, definitely. Even if it's like a month from now, you should still go back and watch this pay-per-view. That's how good it was. It's not just a, oh, I mean, it was good, but we'll forget about it. No. This was way better than All Out. Yeah. Way better than... It's just weird after years of WWE where like... You just kind of feel like their pay-per-views are a an extra show that they do once a month. Yeah. And it doesn't feel huge. And on this, it just felt different than... It was just so good. Yeah. Like, like you saw refreshing. everybody putting out more. I will say this. I'll, I'll bring that up after we get finished with no, this match. Well, I, I probably will. <laughs> so, I asked you... Are probably in this match. What are you? What are you missing? I said. I said. What are you missing from this? And I said something's missing. Mm-hmm. And you 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 couldn't figure it out. But unfortunately, no Tony Schiavone. Right. In the booth, and I missed it. I already a lot. forgot what was missing. Right. You just said that. Well, it was you Tony know Tony Schiavone. Yeah. It was an hour and a half ago. Which I is love a long time him. Yeah. I he's not gonna be at these Saturday shows during football season. Because of a contract, I believe, with Georgia football, unfortunately for him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, that was kind of a bummer. But, anyway. Adam Page also did a spot where he climbed on the top rope and did a super high fall away slam. And then Pac, I want to say Pac, Pac, uh, Pac landed basically. Is it X-Pac or (laughs) X-Pac? Oh, yeah. X-Pac Heat. X-Pac Heat. So he landed basically on the opposite side of the ring with super high impact. So that was a cool spot they did. So I had never seen this before, I don't think. What? This spot. I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, not that intense. I don't think I've ever seen it. I feel like I have. So the Razor Ramon fallaway slam, Uh but on the top rope, and they started with both both men's feet on the rope. So Pac had to jump, turn. Oh, Page yeah. had to catch him. Maybe not. Keep his feeding, throw him backwards, and everybody had to land safe. It was crazy. So Pac also got Adam Page into the brutalizer, and Page's face legitimately looked like it was about to turn purple at one point. Then Hangman eventually hit Pac with a dead eye to pick up the win. So yeah. what was I was cool right. About, what was cool about the brutalizer too is that he he sunk it in from the dead eye position. Sorry. So guys. Page Page was going for the dead eye and Pac turned it into the brutalizer, which was pretty dope. 
After the match, I noticed Hangman had tweeted not satisfied. So do you think he wasn't satisfied with the match, or is he just kind of like adding to the feud or his storyline, or do you think he was legit not happy with the match? I don't know what that meant. I know. I really don't. I don't know either. So I think overall I would give this match a seven and a half out of ten. I'm right there with you. Sean Spears comes out in a No More Garbage Wrestling t-shirt. I loved it. Yeah. Especially because I didn't, I didn't even know about this match, to be honest. Yeah, I guess I just missed it or no, it just I wasn't. Don't, I don't know. They might have like mentioned it once, but it wasn't yeah. hyped. It, I mean, it got hyped on uh, AEW Dark in a little vignette they did. But, yeah, it, I, I kind of, I don't know how I feel about Joey Janela. I don't know either. I get the appeal. By the way, Sean Spears comes out. We find out he's taking on Joey Janela. I get the, I get the appeal. I get the look. I get the gimmick. But I just don't know if it's working for me. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've, it's a generic, happy, cool-looking, like. I mean, it's baby face. it's it's vicey, like that that vice style, and it's retro. But I don't believe him when he's like, "I'm a bad boy," and he's smoking his cigarettes. When I see him, I'm just kind of like, uh-huh. he's he's a little too chumpy for it i feel like he needs I something i feel like he needs something someone with him almost so what do you think about sean spears um um aka what was his name tin yes damn <laughs> yes his name was tin no what was tin his tin. name dude why am i drawing a blank the tin man Tin, ten ten Ty Dillinger. There you go. Woo. There you go. The Tin yeah. Man. Ty Dillinger. What do you think about him? When they first announced that he was coming on and they did a promo, Cody Rhodes said, he's a good hand. And that's what started their match a few months ago. Was I that forgot Sean, all about that. Sean Spears got this information. He was, he was really pissed off about it. Hit Cody in the back of the head with a chair. But that is exactly what he is. He's a good hand. And he's perfect, you know, for the third match of the night on a card like this. <laughs> Is that a compliment or a shade? He's getting a paycheck. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about that little beef they had or whatever you can call it. So they did one spot where Sean Spears tied up Janela's hair into the turnbuckles. And I don't think I've ever seen that done before. Me either. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see all this stuff that you've never seen before. But and it then could to be think, so obvious. Right. And do. then to think that these guys are just a bunch of wrestlers in the back talking. There's no writers. There's no, you know, team of people coming up with this stuff. It's just a couple old farts and a couple young tarts. Doing the damn thing. So Sean ends up putting Janela into a beautiful sharpshooter. Looking tight. Yeah. Uh, Tully Blanchard got involved, Tully. and Sean Spears wins the match. That's now, pretty much all you need to know. Can you about tell that. the listeners your joke about Tully Blanchard oh, earlier? Yeah. Tully's got to pick it up on the outfit game, man. He looked like he went to church in a polo and found out he was the usher that day. And he was just like, oh, shit. Well, I got a jacket in the car. Give me a second. Because it was just no, like this- he, That's funny because he reminds me of the ushers that used to usher at our church. Oh, yeah. They just would all have yeah. this like light 
blue. I mean, this uh, dark blue polo or uh, jacket, sports coat that they would just like throw on whatever polo they were wearing that day. But yeah, bless his heart. Next, we're going to talk about the tag team championship match with SCU defending against the Lucha Bros and Private Party. And on Dynamite this past week, Private Party defeated Dark Order to get the title shot, just in case, you know, you weren't caught up on that. But so, Jared, talk about this match, because I can't lie, I was kind of distracted during this. I didn't pay close attention. Uh, But yeah, so this was a little more spot festy and it was fine because there's a lot of guys in there that can work. Um, SCU is kind of boring. No. They remind me of the Revival, like kind of like that old school feel. You are going to lose so many battles if you try to start it with people that they don't like the Revival. When we go over SmackDown, I have a whole thing on the Revival that people, I guess listeners are not going to like what I have to say about the Revival. You're going to get handwritten letters, bitch, (laughs) and you deserve it. Um, So, yeah. uh, the Lucha Brothers, in my and I'm for real when I say this, I think both of them could be single stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix literally defies physics. Oh, I know. He just bounces around like gravity does not apply to him, Runs and he on the sticks. Ropes. He's like Superman. I mean, a uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, couple different trans uh, transitions into their their uh, the the team's double team finishers, if you will. Uh, SCU gets the win. They're celebrating for just a little bit. Lucha Party ain't very happy. Lucha, Lucha Party. Party. Lucha. That's WWE. Cut that out because I don't even want to disrespect them. <laughs> Lucha Brothers ain't very happy. They jump in. They attack. And the lights cut out. And when the lights cut back Oh, on, yeah. Okay. I saw this part. There's a man standing in the ring dressed just like Pentagon miming his movements and then you find out after a brief tussle that it is Christopher Daniels and I had to ask this question if, if you're staying kayfabe kayfabe only kayfabe life <laughs> why was Christopher Daniels just dressed like that dude that day because I'm gonna try to defend this okay he was dressed like that because he had every intention of coming out after the match, regardless of the outcome, to kind of toy with the Lucha Bros. And then, you know, the big reveal is that it's Christopher Daniels. It's me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean, that's my only defense. It was a good match. It's, I mean... <sighs> It reminded me of the old TNA matches in their tag team division when that was what their bread and butter was. So, I enjoyed it. Next, we see Sakura. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, guys. Sakura take on Rio for the... (laughs) I don't know if it's Sakura. Security. Somebody get the security. Sakura or Sakura, Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. I think it's Sakura. Or Sakura. You're saying it too fast. Sakura. She takes on Rio for the women's championship, and this is your good old fashioned student versus teacher because she used to train Rio. 
It looked like in the beginning, Sakura. God. Sakura. <laughs> Sakura. <laughs> I would just figure whichever you want to go with. We're going with Sakura. Out. All right, hit it. Sakura was crying at the beginning, and I guess she was just so overcome with emotion because of her training Rio. And now here they are in AEW fighting for a title match. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty dope, right? That is pretty dope. Yeah, so you're training this girl who starts all out at like 10 years old. And here she is 12 years later. Uh-huh. And you and her are in America with the number two company in America at a pay-per-view. Pretty cool. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't expecting much from this match. Not to say these two women aren't extremely talented or anything. It's just after a stacked card, basically this match was my least anticipated. So I think it won you over a little bit. It did, because I really enjoyed the emotional aspect of it, which made me want to tune in and like pay close attention to it. And I really enjoyed it, and I was more into it than I thought I would be. Honestly, I would give it like an 8 out of 10. Yeah, and pretty cool note, Sakura came out dressed as Freddie Mercury. Yes. Which was pretty neat. And did the... Yeah, we will rock you. And did the... While doing a surfboard, uh, a la Daniel Bryan style, and it was pretty slick looking. So she did... I don't know if she'll be used a lot more. But if they were like, hey, we got one story for you, she killed the one story. Like, she did her job. Totally, totally. Next, we have the AEW, the heavily anticipated AEW championship match with Cody taking on Jericho. Now, I want to kind of talk about Dynamite and Cody's promo from this past Dynamite. Okay, it was awesome. One of the best wrestling promos I've seen in a very long time. Um, it was about seven minutes. It captivated me, held my attention the entire time. He just pours his emotions into this promo and talks about how it took him 14 years going from undesirable to undeniable. And I had goosebumps during this. Yeah, I mean, the best stories are real life. And yeah. he just spoke his heart. And while he was doing that, still cut a really good promo on Jericho all the while. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that can be said that hasn't been said on probably, like, every other outlet that covers sports entertainment and wrestling. But if you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Find a way. Yeah. Yeah. He also teases a match. Second second best promo of the night. (laughs) Of Dynamite? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll get there. (laughs) He kind of teases a match with the Elite versus the Inner Circle, which I can't wait for. I mean, that's going to be a really cool feud. Uh, We'll get to that later. (laughs) We're not going to spoil it yet. He says if he doesn't defeat Jericho at Full Gear, he will never challenge for the title. Excuse me. He will never challenge for the title again. Also, The Rock gave Cody props on his promo. So if you get approval from The Rock, then... Could you imagine hitting your mentions and The Rock's name shows up? Right? Oh, my God. Uh, I I wouldn't even read it. I know. I'd laminate my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I know you 
would rather talk about this, the vignette with Jericho. Yeah. From Dynamite. The Cody work was great, and it got the crowd behind him, but there's just something about these vignettes that get me going. But yeah, and again, if you've listened to any kind of podcast or anything that's covered wrestling this week, you've already heard about this. And again, if you haven't seen it, go see it. But this, to me, was the reason that I feel like I think AEW's and for me, it's easy. It's my number one show. But it's why I think they're the number one show every week. You're either entertained or you're cracking up because of something that... some Like, with Jericho right now, you're either locked in, laser-focused on what he said, or you're cracking up at what he said. I have never watched a month of wrestling like I have this month because obviously we're doing this now and we've got to watch the majority of the stuff. Right. It has been so easy to watch AEW and that vignette was part of the reason why. So back to full gear, Jericho comes out with Jake Hager and Cody comes out with MJF. So I want to discuss two things I was thinking before the match. Kind of a prediction. A, I thought either MJF turns on Cody and calls him the match, or B, the match would go to 60 minutes and two of the judges choose Jericho over Cody so that maybe in the future Cody could try to spin that and say that, you know, something else had cost him the title and he didn't technically lose the title. But anyway... We also find out that it is Jericho's 49th birthday, which makes me feel old. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I remember Jericho and um, Lance Storm's tag team back in the gap. So I'm way older than your lion tamer days. The crowd started to chant, fuck your birthday, which was cool. (laughs) Actually, what... That's pretty good. That hap- that same exact thing happened to me at like my eighth birthday at a McDonald's. <laughs> it was not good. Alright, let's get into the match. So we see Cody take a nasty fall outside the ring and it caused him to have a really nasty laceration by his eye and he started bleeding profusely, but he continues on. So specifically this was like the the Undertaker Shawn Michaels spot where Taker jumps over the top rope and lands on his forehead. Uh-huh. But Cody landed on metal. Yeah, I don't and think that And you literally was... see his head bounce. Yeah. It definitely wasn't in scripted. Purposely. Yeah. So he literally gashes his eye open off of this metal grate that's on the walkway. And... If you listen to it, you can hear him say, like, tell the doctor, like, don't you stop this, even if your life depends on it. Yeah. And he's telling the referee, like, no, and they're trying to figure it all out. And the match itself was good. I think I told you from what it looked like, the story they were going to tell was that from that, Cody had injured his ribs. And they still worked on the midsection. And then you could hear JR say and stuff like, oh, he's having trouble breathing. And they kept working the midsection. But what made this match even better was the gash on his head and just Jericho's, yeah, you know, just knowing how to work that and how to sell that 
And you can tell that they kind of, I don't think they changed much, but they changed a little. And I think the match was better for Cody crashing and burning and cutting his forehead wide open. Me too. Yeah, I think that was one of the most exciting parts of the match. Also, there was a part in the match that Cody's mom said, fuck you, to Jericho and slapped him on the head. (laughs) Which also happened to be at a McDonald's birthday party. That was, oh. Yeah, that was my fave. The referee threw Jake Hager to the back for hitting Cody Rhodes. Then he started to attack MJF. Oh, so the 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 Jericho vignette that we were talking about earlier was all him throwing shade at Cody for Cody's vignette a few weeks ago. Cody's laying in the uh, the tub. Jericho's sitting in a hotel room tub with his you know clothes yeah. on, spitting water bottles. He finds so Cody always wears the weight belt. And Jericho mimics him once again and wears the weight belt just to be a dick. What'd it say? La Champion. <laughs> cute little touch. La Champion. Cute, cute. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Jericho actually started whipping Cody with his weight belt at one point and he hit him pretty hard. Yeah, not like Hogan used to do with his belt and he could barely move. <laughs> he just would like <laughs> kind of bend over. Like, he was beating the shit out of him. He ends up getting Cody into the Lion Tamer, and he had a really nasty torque on Cody. It looked it looked really painful, actually. He was getting in there with it for sure. Cody was getting stretched. Yeah. So, this is the part where I was right. Let's get into it, shall we? Schwaz. MJF ends up throwing in the towel, and Cody loses. So, okay, I like this ending a lot because it was not expected. MJF didn't directly turn on Cody at first, you thought anyway, but he threw in the towel on his behalf, which makes you think something could be up, you know, like maybe he's in cahoots with the inner circle, but you wouldn't have expected that because Jake Hager had attacked him. Um... So anyway, afterwards, Inner Circle comes out to celebrate with champagne as Cody is in the middle of the ring with MJF saying how he didn't tap and asking what happened. MJF apologizes on his knees as the crowd chants, You fucked up. MJF then low blows Cody and yeah, I called this shit before the match even started. Let me take you back a few weeks ago to Hell in a Cell. And Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Hell in a Cell. Remember that? Red lights? Yeah. All right. Schmozzy finish. Okay. And we knew it was going to be a schmozzy finish because it had to be. All right. Not well received ending, right? Right. Fast forward now. Kind of a schmozzy ending because of the stipulation that was made. And then you knew that Cody wasn't going to win the belt right away. You knew they weren't going to drop Jericho right away. It wouldn't make any sense. So you knew schmoz was coming. But what they did at the end of this was the reason for the schmoz turns nuclear heel and gets heat. And it, you can't have, and you can't be mad at okay, it. Okay, you're speaking in like weird ass terms. Like what is a schmoz? 
schmoz meaning like you know something funky's up like it's not gonna be just a clean finish something well yeah that's what I I mean I thought MJF would cost him the match right but it was cool the way they did it with him kind of throwing in a towel and not just like say well that's what I'm saying so even if you're mad at the throwing in the towel I wasn't but even if you are doesn't really matter because the guy who threw in the towel doesn't give a damn about right, Cody. And he don't. So it's kind of what I'm saying. Like even though they knew we we're gonna go in this, and it's gonna be a little funky of a finish, and there's probably gonna be a crowd that doesn't like it. They made it to where it, that's obsolete. Versus Hell in a Cell, same situation. Everybody hates it. Goes on social media and says, "Fuck you, WWE." AEW, everybody's going on social media and saying, fuck you, MJF. So, they did a great job writing this. Cody was, like, really over in this feud as the babyface. Yeah. Yeah. So, this match and segment as a whole, I give it 8.5. I love the way it was executed. I mean... Just another... We keep using the word refreshing... But, just yeah. really refreshing going into a main event match and saying, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I have no idea. For the main event, we have John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in their Lights Out match. The announcer announces that AEW is not responsible for what happens in this match. And, I mean, I guess looking back, like... You know, you think they're just, oh, they're just saying that, you know, whatever. But, no, this match was that intense (laughs) that I think they were scared about, like, maybe social media, people being, you know, soft on social media. I mean, if somebody's, like, eyeball got ripped out, they're like, look. Right, and these these two guys, like, didn't give a fuck. We turned the lights out, so it ain't on us. Yeah, so this was a match that I was most excited for just because of the build and the way Moxley was pissed about it being non-sanctioned. And then, you know, all the teases with the barbed wire on Dynamite. The vignettes they showed for this feud were really, really good. Um, so, you want to start talking about the match? I gotta just have one point. Okay, yeah. And and really, because this one's kind of like the tag team match again, where it's like, you really need to see it. It's so spot-festy and unique and different that what we tell you isn't going to give it justice, per se. Basically, this is like some old-school ECW shit. It was wild. Yeah. So, this was what I I was surprised to hear you say that you were the most excited about this one because it kind of takes me back when I start thinking about like a hardcore match and like a a no-holds-barred scenario. I was... Or unsanctioned, even. And I was like, all right, let me compare this to Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano from about a year ago. So that story was years in the making where with with Ciampa and Gargano to where this story is about two months old, three months old. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't heavily invested in it, but... I was totally invested in it afterwards. Pretty early into the match, Moxley goes and gets weapons underneath the ring. And Jared kept saying this, like, you see those metal straps? I swear, every time they picked up the... uh the side of the ring, there was like one mousetrap. And it was like three times, and neither time I was paying attention. Your head attention. was down, yeah. And so he would be like, 
you see those mousetraps? And yeah. You'd be like, no, where? And by the time you'd look, they were done. And I was like, I know that's a mousetrap. They they teased us a long time with the barbed wire bat versus the barbed wire broom. Yep. And they uh, they hit each other in the head with barbed wire a lot tonight. Yeah. This was, I, like, again, we can review it and talk about it. You have to but, watch it. Yeah, like all I can tell you is it was it, it seems safe. Like I mean they took care of one another. Obviously these things hurt. It was very some of the spots were very tough to watch. Yeah. But like entertaining, but like imagine getting barbed wire just dragged on your back. It was like if the movie Saw was a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty wild. And to me, there was a a, a a moment where Kenny goes to the top rope and lands, tries to do like a 450 splash, and lands on the wood in the ring where they had pulled they pulled back the mat and the it was brutal. It was brutal. We'll, we'll get there. Moxley brings out the barbed wire bat and hits Omega in the back with it. And then we finally see blood. Well, I shouldn't say finally as if I was anticipating it. (laughs) Finally, blood. (laughs) Omega ends up hitting Moxley in the head with the barbed wire broom. So, yeah, you were shocked that they did a shot to the head with the barbed wire? Well, when I saw that, I was like, it must be gimmicked barbed wire. And then I started seeing blood Blood, everywhere. And I was like, okay, nope. They're just hitting each other in the head with barbed wire. Yeah. And then after that was when Omega started brushing the barbed wire broom across the back of uh, John Moxley. And Renee Young had actually tweeted WTF (laughs) on Twitter. So I'm sure she was watching. Could you imagine? No, 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 no. no. It's so crazy. Like, could, like Mick Foley's wife. No way. Back in the day. Just yeah. like, what a terrible thing to do to your woman. So it was really intense from the get-go. Um, so that brings me to the mousetraps, like we were saying earlier. Not the board game. <laughs> yeah, this not the board deal. game. Omega ends up um, getting the table covered in about how many mousetraps? There like was 30? probably like 30 mousetraps on a six-by-four plywood board. Yeah. And he puts it in the ring, but Omega ends up getting the brunt of it because Moxley is the one that slams Omega in the mousetrap. You can just hear this click, click, click. And like the the JR and Excalibur. Yeah. JR and Excalibur, I don't even think they were kind of speechless. They weren't really like. JR didn't seem comfortable. Yeah. He never even says slobber knocker. Right. And when he doesn't say slobber knocker, I know he's not comfortable. Then Ambrose brings out some chains and gives Omega a sidewalk slam on the chains. Um, I don't think that looked as brutal as I bet it felt. No, but I bet that hurt. Like, Right. You're right. I'm sure. 20 pounds of chain and you're just jumping on top of it on your back and on your ribs. Omega gets a piece of broken glass and he slices Moxley's hand with it. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. And yeah. Yeah. Then he breaks a bunch of glass and slams Moxley on top of it. And Shards of glass. Yeah, so Spinebuster into the glass and then drags him. Drags him through the through shards, the shards of, glass. of glass. Oh, man. And this is a wrestling match, ladies and gentlemen. 
not a death bout to get out of jail. Yeah, so they go back and forth some more in the Shards of Glass, and they also do a super freaking insane spot where they both land on a board of barbed wire. It's This spot was crazy. Let's see. A ma- they called it a web of barbed, barbed wire. wire. That's pretty good. Imagine a four by four... Or no, it's probably like six by six, like a six by six box, uh-huh. and nothing but the inside of it is barbed wire, roped back and forth across and across and across and across, and they suplexed one another into it, and had to get help from people to get out. When, yeah, that was cringing when they were getting out of the barbed wire. <laughs> oh man, um, it's severely intense at this point. So next we have Omega kicking Moxley through some plexiglass. But Moxley got up, and Omega was still down. Um, I mean, Jared even said he thought someone's going to have to die for the other one to win. Because it's just like they just kept going with all these nasty spots. So finally, Moxley goes and unties the ties from the ring. And he tears the padding from the ring after a bunch of back and forth. He pulls that padding back, and we get a backdrop, and then we get... Another, uh, like a, the DDT, but from Omega to Moxley. And Moxley kicks out. Omega goes to the top, tries to hit that uh, splash. Hits his head. It looked like he hit his head on the boards. No padding at that point, which is a brutal spot. To jump from the top rope onto the boards seems super painful. Yeah. And then to finish it off, Moxley hits the... DDT and and did the the version where he picks him up and slams his head into the ground and Kenny's probably the best seller in the world. It literally looked like he fell right on the top of his head and just shattered his neck He's into like a million perfection. pieces. He's he is one of the reasons that I kind of got back into wrestling the way I did. Yeah, yeah, because I was kind of done with WWE and I still watch it for. Because we watch it, and there's just like this whole... It's kind of like how people watch the Super Bowl. Right. And, you know, even if you... Or, or football, if, if your favorite team's not playing, but you still watch. It's kind of got that appeal to it. But he was one of the reasons, like, I started watching it again. I was like, oh, the game has changed now. And it hadn't. I had just seen him for the first time. But it was a cool way to close this show out. And after the match, what I liked about it <clears throat> was... uh Moxley sitting in the corner, just pulling this old, like, early 97 Stone Cold, where he's not super over yet, but the camera's in his face getting this, you know, his zoom in, and he's just cussing. He's like, fucking, what am I, number five now? What am I, four? Oh, wait, this match doesn't fucking count. Doesn't even matter. And I was, like, so into it, when uh, how, how they closed this show out with that. Yeah, this match got a 10 out of 10 for me. You better not give them anything less, Jared. They put their bodies and souls on the line. Their souls, indeed. Yeah. No, it was really good. And like I told you, not not my favorite kind of match. But, yeah, it was like a nine. Why is it not your favorite kind of match? Like, a, why is a hardcore match? 
Closer. You remember, <laughs> you remember a few weeks ago when Jake was talking to us on the podcast and he was like, what I like about Marvel rules, yeah, or Marvel movies is they set these rules. Yeah. I, I like those rules. I feel like if you use those rules correctly, it can tell a better story. This is simply an episode of Jackass. <laughs> This kind yeah. of match. Oh my gosh! Is it not? But they had a feud. But they they did, and this was what their feud. And this is what I was telling you a minute ago with like Gargano and Ciampa. How I felt like as far as a feud goes, that was better. But as far as a match goes, this was better. But their feud was debut ruin Omega's moment. Omega comes back. And the glass table, and then a couple times they got in each other's face, and that was it. And I get the feud, like I understand everything, but for and for a month it was fine. You wanted more, yeah. And because I think we'll like that, get it. I mean, but I mean, I guess I get what you're saying because that match we just saw in full gear. I mean, you can't go bigger than that. So that's the payoff, essentially. That's it, right? You're not like I feel like you can't really continue. You're not. You're not going to top this match, basically. That's why I give it a ten out of ten. Well, what'll be interesting is now, and so so that match doesn't count. And what will be interesting is if Omega came back and was like, "Okay, we played your game. Now beat me at my terms." Oh yeah. So. There's right. a whole, there's a ton hey, of things that can good. do. That's good shit. I should, you I need should to write, write for this shit. I like that. Thank if you. he came back and was like, "All right, Cody, I, I went listening. insane. I went." Yeah, you won this one. And psycho for you. I walked into your world and you beat me. Now walk into mine and wrestle. See what you can do. Yeah, <laughs> beat the best wrestler in the world at wrestling, dude. Ooh, imagine. You win the night for that. Yes. You don't have to give it. What do you rate the show overall? Uh, so ten being perfect. What what number would be? I mean, what but, number would be? You really need to see this. Uh, nine. Then a nine. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like I highly recommend this. Yeah, if you, you if you if if you enjoy it, then you'll enjoy this. And I mean, not even just because it's relevant right now. Like you would probably enjoy this if it's a month from now and you go back and watch this pay per view. Yeah, and. I, now this is this is the bummer, and I, here let me get your take on this. What's your take on the Saturday night versus Sunday? Um. Well, it's easier to make a podcast. <laughs> I like it. I, I mean, feel like yeah, I, I don't mind. It. I feel like my 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 Monday doesn't start tomorrow, so right. it's like yeah, yeah. So I dig that. Yeah, I like it too. Now, I don't know how many pay per views they're gonna have, but let's say they have like four. Four big ones, year. four big ones a year, right? Would you rather pay two hundred dollars a year for their four big pay per views, or one hundred and twenty dollars a year for the WWE Network? Hmm, that's a good question. You get a lot of content on the network, buddy. You do. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, but you're not doing it for the. That's all you're doing it for. I could miss every show but Mania and Rumble and be fine. Yeah. I guess it just depends on if you're like a real, real wrestling fan or if you're just yeah. like a sports entertainment fan. Yeah. And I, so I don't know what they're going to do with the replay system. Unfortunately, to watch this, you may have to go to your pay per view provider and it still be $50, which would suck. I, I feel really like people, hope, I'm sorry. It may, yeah. It may be out on the internet somewhere you can yeah, find it. Yeah. I really hope AEW does a thing where the Monday or, or the Wednesday after their pay per view, 
they sell the replay for like twelve dollars. Yeah, that would be good. That'd you be know, smart. if you want to watch it live with the world, it's fifty. And I get that. Like, it costs a lot of money to run these shows. But I don't think anybody's going to pay $50 to rewatch this in two weeks. So go ahead and cut the price a ton and let more viewers see it. Yeah. Because I guarantee you I could show somebody this that's never seen AEW before, and they'd start. They'd be a fan. So next week we will be, you know, on our regularly scheduled programming, discussing Raw, SmackDown, NXT, as well as next week's dynamite episode dynamite but tonight we just kind of wanted to go over full gear since it's relevant and fresh to be honest we just wanted to watch it and figured it'd be good to talk about afterwards (laughs) yeah we need an excuse yeah okay well we will talk to you guys next week 